China has suspended the import of Taiwanese mangoes. According to China's Taiwan Affairs Office, citrus mealybugs were found in recent shipments. Taiwan's Ministry of Agriculture called the suspension arbitrary and regrettable. It said it would raise the issue with the World Trade Organization. According to the Ministry of Agriculture, Taiwan has sent 5,689 shipments of mangoes to China since 2018. Only two batches, one on June 15th and another on August 3rd, were found to contain the mealybug. That's a detection rate of just 0.035%, it said. On August 17th, after taking steps to resolve the issue, Taiwan communicated its efforts to Chinese authorities but did not receive a response. The Ministry of Agriculture said it would continue to attempt communication through bilateral channels. It also called on China to resume cross-strait technical dialogues. A delegation from Japan's Liberal Democratic Party Youth Division is in Taiwan on a four-day visit. The group was received by Vice President Lai Jingde on Monday. During the reception, the group's leader emphasized Taiwan's importance to Japan and to the international community. Lai called for closer ties between Taiwan and Japan. I hope that our two countries' people will grow closer and closer and that our mutual collaboration will deepen. More importantly, we must work together to maintain peace and stability in the Indo-Pacific region, bringing prosperous development to this region, this country, and to the world. The relationship between Taiwan and Japan is one of true friendship. We share universal values such as democracy and human rights. For Japan, Taiwan is a very important partner. The peace and stability of the Taiwan Strait is connected to the stability of Japan and the broader international community. I look forward to the advancement of our bilateral ties under the vice president's guidance. There are more than 60 people in the delegation, including lawmakers, local representatives, and Japanese college students. Besides meeting Lai, the group is also scheduled to meet Taiwan's two other presidential candidates, the KMT's Hou Youyi and Ko Wenzhe of the Taiwan People's Party. Turning now to the presidential election, public support for the DPP's Lai Qingde has surged to an all-time high. That's according to the latest poll by the Taiwan Public Opinion Foundation. Lai had a 43% approval rating, which gave him a wide margin over his rivals. In second place was Taiwan People's Party candidate Ko Wenzhe, who had 26.6% of the vote. KMT candidate Hou Youyi came in third with 13.6%. Supporters wave flags at the launch of a Chicago campaign base for DPP presidential candidate Lai Qingde. We're not just cheerleaders, we are all members of the Trust Taiwan support group of Team Taiwan. Groups of Lai supporters have mushroomed around the world. During a U.S. transit, Lai spoke with Bloomberg about his policy plans. Polls show his public support on a steady rise. The latest poll puts Lai in the lead with 43% public support. That's a rise of 7 percentage points from last month, and it's his highest rating yet. In second place is Ko Wenzhe, whose rating has fallen to 26.6%. The KMT's Hou Youyi is in third, with support down to 13.6%. 
Lai is now comfortably ahead in the three-way race. Lai's poll rise is a breakthrough. I feel that everyone agrees that the most important thing for a candidate is to be steady and not try to pull any stunts. It's clear that Lai's recent state visit earned him some points. Although China protested Lai's visit with military drills near Taiwan, the trip has appeared to win global affirmation. In a Washington Post opinion piece titled, Why is China so afraid of Taiwan's vice president? Columnist Josh Rogan says China is attacking Lai because he is reasonable, not because he's a hothead. According to Rogan, that makes Lai harder for Beijing to undermine. He adds that the narrative about Lai being dangerously pro-independence is obsolete, quoting a former U.S. defense official who says trends in favor of any kind of unification with China are gone in Taiwan. Lai's U.S. transits met the U.S. requirement pertaining to safety, comfort, convenience and dignity. So the visit didn't just deepen Taiwan's friendship with Paraguay, it also helped Taiwan firm up a direction for ties with the U.S. to make interactions more stable and to boost mutual trust. Thank you for your support. We have to continue with our efforts until the last moment, until we achieve victory. He's firmly in the lead, but determined to persevere till the end. Lai said he's aiming not just for the presidency, but also for a majority in the legislature. Responding to the latest poll findings, a pan-blue official says the KMT must forge alliances or it will lose the presidential election. Speaking in a radio interview, Miali Commissioner Zhong Dongjing says the KMT must team up with Honghai founder Terry Goh and Koenja of the Taiwan People's Party. Zhong suggested that the party find a mediator to broker an alliance. He named former KMT chairman Wu Boshong as a good person for the job. During a commercial break, Miao Li's commissioner got candid about KMT presidential candidate Ho Yo Yi. He said it was no surprise that Ho's ratings had sunk to 13%. I'm not too surprised. The people at the top are infighting, and the people at the bottom don't know what to do. Of course, we'd like to help in the presidential election, but there isn't much we can do. We can just say good things on the sidelines, ask the people involved to coordinate things or make suggestions for contacts. But if things continue the way they are, I think our chances are slim. Even after being expelled by the KMT, Miaoli Commissioner Zhong Dongqin has stayed loyal to the party. He says that unless Ho partners with the TPP's Ko Wenzhe and Honhai founder Terry Go, the KMT is headed for defeat. There is one with money but no supporters, another has supporters but no unity, and the other can't find any supporters at all. If they don't work together, the election is as good as lost. Zhong indicated that he would not support Go's own presidential run. Over on social media, Hualien County lawmaker Fu Kunti had a similar word of warning. If Ho, Ke and Go go their separate ways, he said, they'll be handing the presidency to the DPP. If Wu Boxiong steps up to consolidate the situation, there could be a chance. Terry Go has already called for that. Perhaps someone else could come out and support him. Otherwise, based on Go's interactions with the other candidates, taking all of that back will be very difficult. Wu Boxiong is very invested in Ho Youyi's campaign. He's working hard in pursuit of coordination. Observers say that for Go, Ke and Ho, the path ahead will depend on whether they approach one another with an open mind. The National Development Council has unveiled its list of top startups of the year. 
13 startups were chosen, including a smart baby monitor and a language learning platform. President Tsai Ing-wen spoke at the Startup Island Taiwan Next Big Awards ceremony, emphasizing the government's efforts to support entrepreneurs. She called on Taiwan to become, quote, the world's startup kingdom. I think that with the grit and determination of the Taiwanese people, with this kind of creativity from the Taiwanese people, one day we will become the world's startup kingdom. The government's responsibility is to be a bedrock of support, to help everyone step up and shine on the global stage. According to the NDC, there were just 2,000 startups in Taiwan in 2016, but there are now more than 7,000. Total investment has risen from 400 million U.S. dollars to 1.9 billion U.S. dollars. The NDC Startup Island program recently signed an MOU with the Greater Phoenix Economic Council to support collaboration and investment. The two sides plan to partner in key areas including electric vehicles and energy. Housing prices in parts of New Taipei are starting to rise as a new MRT line comes into shape. The new MRT Wanda Zhonghe Shuling Line will run from Chiang Kai-shek Memorial Hall to Zhonghe District in southern New Taipei. Properties in Yonghe and Zhonghe are gaining value as developers look toward the impact of the new line. Some properties are firmly in the eight-digit range already. We spoke to property market experts about the outlook for house prices in the region. Busy traffic rolls around the metro line in the center. Underground construction work proceeds out of sight. The MRT Shulin line will be completed in 2025. The value of houses around the line has started to creep up, such as here at Yonghe Renai Park. The boost of the green space has brought up the price of nearby properties past 800,000 NT per ping as the new line pushes house values up. This four-year-old new build besides the park has a starting price of 800,000 NT per ping or more. There are pre-sale houses available in the same district with sale prices of 750,000 NT to 820,000 NT. Further north, there's a continuous line of construction sites or recently completed new buildings. Near Jare Station in Wanhua, properties ranging from 31 to 66 ping are on sale for 680,000 NT to 780,000 NT per ping. In Zhonghe and Yonghe, we see some high-priced cases that have already reached 800,000 NT per ping. Generally speaking, they are all in some kind of favorable location, for example, with some green space or near the MRT station. The range of property prices is around 10 to 20 percent, because after all, in the Yonghe area, it's one of the districts closest to Taipei. So relatively speaking, it might become an egg yolk area for the district. You can change lines in the station. If we just talk about the metro system, not the intercity trains like the HSR or TRA, then only one station is on three different lines, Chiang Kai-shek Memorial Hall. When you're near a station in the metropolitan area, where you can change from one line to another, the house values go up by 10 to 20 percent. And for CKS Memorial Hall, it's such a good transport link that it's adding another 10 percent. Chiang Kai-shek Memorial Hall is the first station on the Wanda Zhonghe Shulin line, which will make it a hub for three lines. Houses in that area have long cost millions. Developers are thrilled to have a new MRT line opening, with all its price growth potential. 
In a new propaganda video, the PLA glazed claim to the symbolic power of Mazu, goddess of the sea. In the video released last Sunday, the PLA called itself the guardian of national dignity, much like how Mazu is a guardian of fishermen. Taiwan pushed back with a video of its own that also featured the beloved deity. China conducted military drills near Taiwan last Saturday. In a propaganda video released a day later, the PLA invoked the goddess Matsu. In face of nature's harsh winds and tall waves, seafarers pray to the goddess Mazu for protection. At a time when the dignity and unity of our motherland are challenged, our soldiers are the guardian deities of everlasting peace and security. In an emotional appeal, the video likened Mazu to the PLA. Taiwan's defense ministry fired back with a video that also featured the goddess. The footage shows F-16V and IDF warplanes on patrol as Yuefe and Tiandan frigates monitored China's movements. Military aggression betrays the compassion of Matsu, the video states, criticizing China for threatening regional peace. It states that Taiwan is determined to defend itself, with both troops and civilians fearless and committed to defending their homeland. China's aggressive unification campaign against Taiwan is evil to the extreme. They even dare use Mazu's name to justify it. It's absolutely blasphemy against Mazu's mercy. China is not afraid of speaking sacrilegiously about Mazu to further its unification campaign with Taiwan. China only has politics, imperial ambitions, and Xi Jinping's totalitarian ideology. It absolutely lacks any form of religious sentiment about respecting the heavens. The head of the Taiwan State Building Party decried the CCP, saying it lacked basic respect for all the belief systems of the world. Gas prices are now at a 16-month high after rising for the seventh freight week in a row. Gas and diesel went up by 0.1 NT a liter on Monday, taking 95 octane unleaded to 32.7 NT. The state-run refiner CPC Corporation says the hikes are due to soaring global demand and oil production cuts by Russia. CPC says it's already implemented its price stabilization measures, absorbing 1 NT and 2.3 NT for gas and diesel, respectively. It's another Monday, and motorists are feeling the pain. Fuel prices are up for the seventh week in a row. Gas and diesel have each risen by 0.1 NT a liter, with 92, 95, and 98 octane unleaded gas at 31.2, 32.7, and 34.7 NT, respectively. Premium diesel is now at 28.8 NT a liter. Weekly price hikes have been non-stop since early July, and costs are now at their highest in 16 months. It's enough to force some to rethink their driving. I might start walking or using public transport, save a little on fuel that way. This might cost me an extra 1,000 NT or 2,000 NT a month. I'll do my best to park in taxi waiting areas, do my best not to drive around without passengers. For 95-octane unleaded gasoline, seven weeks of price hikes have meant that each liter costs 2.4 NT more. For a 50-liter tank, that's an extra 120 NT each time at the pump. One cab driver said he'll have to resort to waiting in high-traffic areas to keep his engine off as much as possible and minimize refueling. 
In adherence to the government's policy, we have fuel price stabilization measures. We have a mechanism that keeps our prices the lowest in Asia. From January to last week, we absorbed some 4 billion NT, nearly 5 billion NT in costs. That's the scale we're talking about. According to CPC Corporation Taiwan, the price rise is due to Russia extending its oil production cuts, China's industrial recovery, and soaring demand from the U.S. The rise in global demand has driven up oil prices, it said. To stabilize domestic prices, the refiner said it absorbed 1 NT for gasoline and 2.3 NT for diesel. It warned of more upward price pressure in the near term, so get ready to feel the squeeze. The internet has fallen in love with a retired professor who now spends his days drawing on the MRT. Chen Jun-tong may be Taipei's oldest metro portrait artist. He's been drawing fellow passengers on the MRT since 1996. Recently, a portrait of a student went viral when a subject shared it online. Then artist and model came back together on the metro to recreate the scene. A metro passenger is sketched by a portrait artist. When the lightning-quick likeness is complete, the sitter is delighted. Metro artists like this are more famous abroad, but Taipei has its own MRT master. A netizen shared online about his experience of being drawn. It was amazingly accurate, capturing his essence, and all done in the space of a couple of stops. The lightning portrait artist is Chen Jun-tong, retired professor of National Taipei University of Technology. Everyone could be my subject. Nobody is ugly in my eyes. It's impossible. If I'm feeling full of energy, I can do 40 or 50 portraits, no problem. I just finished a picture and was about to get off the train when I saw another brilliant one. The journey was supposed to be 15 minutes to my destination. But if I'm not careful, I can spend an hour or two on the train. Chen takes his sketchbook and his pencils every time he takes the MRT. Now 80, he has drawn portraits on metros in Japan, New York and France. When the Taipei MRT opened in 1996, he began drawing here too. Any passenger can be a model for him. His black and white drawings are completed in just two or three minutes each. We smiled at each other and then he started to draw. I looked down to see the paper and I thought it was amazing. But the longer it went on, the more the subject looked familiar to me. And then I realised he was actually drawing me. The portrait was a shock for this student. It attracted a lot of attention in line, leading him to meet the artist again. He gave the artist a gift, and they went back to recreate the original moment in the MRT carriage for a second portrait. In just three stops, the drawing was complete. There was a passenger and he had no idea I was drawing him. He said that shortly after I gave him the drawing, he got into a car accident. He found the drawing I'd faxed him by chance, and when he looked at it, his memories came back to normal. This artist is a master of capturing everyday moments and bringing out their hidden gold. If you're lucky, maybe next time you're on the MRT, you might become his next model. A Taipei esports team is gaining attention because of a very special member. Esports player Xu Jingyi is 68, holds her own in a field dominated by younger people and even teenagers. The Taipei Shengzhan esports team member was unfamiliar with computers just a few years ago. But Granny, as she's known, decided that video games were to be her new project. 
Her focus and determination are praised by her coach, who says she's as good a learner as any other player. Now she is an advocate for video gaming and encourages friends of all ages to pick up the controller. Xu Jingyi stares at the screen, following the coach's instructions and her team members' tracks. When she meets her enemy, it's time for a furious attack. Dressed in esports uniform, sitting in her game seat, mouse in hand, Xu isn't the most practiced member of her team, but she might be the most focused. Sixty-eight-year-old Xu really stands out when she trains with the whole team. I felt so nervous, like my heart was thumping so fast. I was supposed to kill the opponent, but before I could attack, they had already got me. Xu is the only older member of Taipei Xiongzhan Esports team. Not long ago, computers were completely alien to her, but she wanted to throw herself into learning something new and got to grips with esports, even taking part in the Bulao Esports competition for older people. I saw all the audience sitting down below, and I was so nervous that I forgot my password. My family all said, "But Granny hardly ever even touches the computer. Why does she want to get into this now?" They were very shocked too. Xu gives stereotype-busting lectures promoting esports, encouraging other older people to get into gaming. When I got into it, my friend said, "What? That stuff's for young people." And my eyes are no good, and all that kind of stuff. I said, "You can play it with your kids at home." And when my friends watched it, they thought it was really fun. She doesn't care what people say. She's just always looking for ways to improve, and she always has this energy to keep at it. When I see the spirit she brings to learning, she's right on par with younger people. Xu's youthful desire to learn new skills and have fun in the meantime inspires her team and shows it's never too late to get into a new arena.